Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Mondo Show. Listen, I want to thank you for tuning in today. You're not going to want to miss today's program. And if you're watching me in L.A., that means Los Angeles, New York City, Miami. Listen, get ready, get ready, get ready, like T.D. Jakes used to say, because on today's program, I'm going to be introducing uh, what I call a friend now. I'm going to call him my friend, even though I may not be his friend, but I feel like I'm his friend after reading this book. I'm not going to tell you what it is just yet. You're going to have to hold on for a few moments. But the topic today is a topic that you and I better know about. Because if we don't understand the times and the seasons that we're in right now, as a church, as a Christian community, as believers, you and I may be in trouble. But I love the Bible because the Bible always warns us about the things that are happening in the seasons that we're in right now. And all we got to do is go back and read the book. Amen. Read the book. And a lot of people are, are throwing away the book. But this is the book that changed my life. The Bible changed my life. And the Bible does not change. We try to change it. Every other culture tries to change the Bible. We try to change its view. We try to change its perspective. But the Bible remains faithful to its word, and God never changes. But stay tuned, because on today's program, I got to ask you probably one of the most important questions. The question is, how would you know if your church or ministry is following the woke gospel agenda. Oh, man, I should just pause there and, and, and take a few moments because that's going to settle in. Now, you got to understand the, the, the term wokeness or woke. Um, I learned about that word when I was growing up in the streets of East L.A., California. I'm talking about 20, 30 years ago, we used the word woke. We used to tell the homeboys, hey, homie, stay woke. Make sure nothing is going on. May, hey, stay woke. Look out for the cops. Stay woke because the business we're doing, we got to make sure it gets done. But today, wokeness has been a term widely used by the media and political parties. Since then, and with the social unrest that we're seeing in the 2020 and, and, and right now, the idea of wokeness has swept into our culture throughout schools, businesses, sports. And I hate to say this, but even in our churches, this agenda has been infiltrated by the wokeness movement. I got to take you back to the Bible because the Bible clearly warns us about believing in another gospel. 2 Corinthians 11, chapter 4th verse says, You happily put up with whatever anyone tells you. I can stop right there and minister in just that opening statement. But this is what this scripture goes on and saying, Even if they preach a different Jesus than the one we preach, or a different kind of spirit than the one you receive, or a different kind of gospel than the one you believe, now, let me give you another scripture to back up what I'm saying. Galatians 1.18 says, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach another gospel than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. My God, we are in a season right now where Matthew 24 warned us about deception three times. And just in Matthew 24, Jesus warned about deception three times. 
three times, and today the church is being deceived by another gospel. What I want you to understand on today's program is how are we going to know what wokeness looks like and whether you as a Christian should be embracing it or rejecting it. And if your church or your ministry are attending the following of the woke gospel crusade, you may be in trouble. Now, I got to ask you this other question. Is wokeness the new religion? Well, my special guest today is none other than Owen Strang. He is the provost and research professor of theology at Grace Bible Theology Seminary and a senior fellow with the Family Research Council. He earned a Ph.D. in theology from Trinity Evangelical Divinity of School. Owen has authored 20 books, including his latest, Christianity and Wokeness, How the Social Justice Movement is Hijacking the Gospel and the Way to Stop It. I want to be quiet because I want to introduce you to my special guest, author, doctor, and research professor of theology, Dr. Owen Strang, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you, Mondo. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate uh, it. Listen, I know that was a long introduction, but we in the church, I'm afraid we are in trouble. And if we don't wake up to the idea that another gospel has creeped in, listen, there's been other gospels being preached out there. The gospel of prosperity has creeped in the church, and that took a hold in the 1980s all the way to the 90s. But I'm afraid that the new gospel that has been infiltrated in the church is far worse than the prosperity gospel. Can I get your thoughts on, before we get going, on this documentary that was just released called Enemies Within the Church? Have you heard about that? You know, to be honest, Mondo, I've heard about it, and it's gotten my attention as it has many other people, but I have not seen it, so I couldn't comment on it. But uh, I think it raises, from what I understand, some of the same concerns that I am raising in this book, Christianity and Wokeness. And it is uh, encouraging, not, not knowing the contents of it, but it's encouraging to hear of people, at the very least, recognizing that there is a serious game afoot. And uh, we need to be aware of ideology that is very much threatening the church. And in a real sense, this may not be the focus of our conversation, uh, threatening Western civilization itself, threatening this country threatening the stability uh, of the country in which we live. So, man, the times are evil, but uh, the Word of God is sufficient. You know, this documentary, just like your book, addresses the propaganda of the critical race theory and the social justice movement that into the churches and Christian institutions have now uh, adopted this theology or ideology, and we're watching respected seminaries that are gravitating to this movement of the wokeness. Let's begin with this, uh, Dr. Owen, because this whole ideology has been creeping in, not overnight, but it's been a progression throughout the decades, probably. Let's begin with what is wokeness and what is critical race theory? Yeah, wokeness is the state of becoming aware of the nature of systemic injustice and systemic racism in a given society. So if you go woke, said more simply, then you look at America, for example, as a systemically racist place. 
And critical race theory is defined various ways by various people. There's actually a humongous conversation going on in American public life right now about what it means to teach critical race theory. Basically, critical race theory is the theory built off of a Marxist understanding of the world in a Marxist framework, particularly, that sees society as shot through with racial oppression. And critical race theory not only identifies uh, that oppression, but it trains people to understand how to peel back that oppression. So critical race theory uh, is the kind of formal academic movement where wokeness is the kind of mood of the country, but the two really are synonymous. Uh, and they both are teaching people and trying to convince people to see that America is systemically racist, that people of color are oppressed, and that white people really are white supremacists by nature. Those are the, really the core ideas of critical race theory, wokeness, and even intersectionality as well, if you want to bring that into the mix. Absolutely. I got to ask you this important question because a lot of us in the, are in this medium of television and, and, and podcasting and, and people are asking questions, usually never ask this question that I'm about to ask. And the only reason I say that is because I've studied all the interviews that have done people have done with you, Dr. Owen, and, and, and uh, the conversation regarding to Christianity and wokeness, which is your brand new book. I got to ask you about this, because how does wokeness affect our spirituality and our Christian faith? That's a great question. I think it affects us in a major way, and it affects us a little differently, frankly, because if you're a so-called white person, I don't believe in race as a uh, reality, by the way. I don't think the Bible teaches it. I do believe in ethnicity. But if you, if you buy into wokeness and critical race theory, then as a white person, so-called, you're really a white supremacist by nature, and uh, you are an oppressor of people of color by nature. And so in terms of your spirituality as a Christian, that's going to mean that you're going to think of yourself uh, with really a new dimension of sin attached to you. We are fundamentally sinners, all of us. And so that's very clear in Scripture. But it's another level and step beyond that to teach people that if they're a white person, they fundamentally oppress other people in terms of America. So that's going to affect your day-to-day your -day life, how you think about yourself, how you think about sin that you need to fight. If you're a person of color and you buy into wokeness, you're going to think that you're really a victim of other people. And that's going to shape your spirituality as well. When you see, for example, a white person, when you're at church alongside them, you're going to be sorely tempted not to see them as a brother or sister, if that's what they confess in Christ. You're going to be tempted to see them as exactly what critical race theory, wokeness, intersectionality tell you they are. They're your oppressor. They hate you. They despise you. They want to keep you down. They're transmitting racism over you and into you at any given moment, in any interaction, any time you're having a conversation, there are microaggressions occurring, for example. So it's going to profoundly affect you, and it's really going to poison uh, the way you see people who have so-called white skin. All right, let's get down to the nitty-gritty because we hear of this wokeness and the CRT's ideology. The question I have is, who is this people? Who, who's behind wokeness and this CRT ideology? Yeah, it's been uh, fostered in the academic world by a number of individuals. You could identify a figure like Derek Bell, 
who really develops critical race theory in terms of the legal field. Critical race theory has been developing in legal studies for over 40 years, but it was basically unnoticed, uh, Mondo. Nobody talked about it, really. It was a kind of uh, closed conversation almost. But in the last 10 years, figures like Ibram X. Kendi, uh, Robin D'Angelo, Michelle Alexander, and others have taken the conversation public. And the way it really jumped uh, the shark and became uh, a topic of, of national interest and national debate was through a number of police shootings five, six years ago. Uh, it was argued by many on the left, many who are leftists, unlike someone like me, that those police sh shootings weren't merely regrettable, as all of us would say they are in different forms, but were actually signs that America is not a just society. It's not an uh, equitable uh, public order. Instead, what we saw with police shootings are instances of systemic racism. That's what happened with Trayvon Martin initially. That's what happened most recently, not with a shooting, but with the death of George Floyd in 2020. It's been these instances of, of deaths involving citizen and police officers that have taken the conversation beyond local news and made these uh, matters so-called evidences of an entire system of oppression of people of color. So there's more to say, but that's basically what has really sparked things in the last few years. I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I, I wasn't going to ask this question, but let me go ahead and ask this because it's a long question from a viewer. And I was talking to this viewer uh, a few days ago about it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to have Dr. Owen here. Let me ask him that question and see what he thinks about this. It's a little bit long question, but stay with me because I want you to, you, you touched on it uh, on this last uh, question about, you know, police shootings and, and the treatment and all that. But what do you say? This is the question to you, Dr. Owen. What do you say to us Christian brothers and sisters who are viewed as minorities in our culture? And many of us are struggling with the reality of this statistics from Stanford University and the University of South Carolina factual research and data that shows that according to an article coming out of the University of South Carolina, the research shows that they are taking a deep dive into the official data behind 14 years of traffic stops that occur through 2016 in the state of North Carolina. Now, this is it right here. African-Americans were 63% more likely to be stopped, even though, as a whole, they drive 60% less. Taking into account less time on the road, African-Americans were about 95% more likely to be stopped. They also were 115% more likely than Caucasians to be searched in a traffic stop. Another study shows that from Stanford University, and they found that nearly every uh, jurisdiction of the state of California, blacks and Hispanic drivers were searched more often than Caucasian drivers. With many of these statistics findings such as these uh, from all these studies, how can we as Christians refute such evidence? And how do we know if CRT is right or maybe is wrong? That's a great question, and I love that we're we're diving right into it. I mean, let's not just, you know, 
talk around in circles. Let's get really to the heart of the issues. And that's part of what Christians honestly don't always do. Fundamentally, um, there's usually a correlation uh, between traffic stoppings of the kind you're talking about with police and uh, crime in an area. There's a correlation there that's been observed uh, many times over in the data. So that's not to say that police couldn't be acting in a, in a racist way or in an unjust way. I think all of us as Christians know, not only have a category for that possibly happening, but know that in a fallen world, injustice is going to happen. Police officers, just like the rest of us, are not perfect. Uh, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to have sins. They're going to have failings. But fundamentally, uh, you, you need to study that data, not just on its own, you know, in terms of who's getting stopped by police, but you need to correlate that as best you can with crime rates in an, in an area. Voices like Thomas Sowell and others, Jason Riley, have been honest uh, in terms of the minority community, the African-American community, for example, about the need, and that's just one community to mention, about the need um, for the black community, in the case of these men, to face up to its own issues and to recognize that violent crime is a major issue in that community. There's lots of different reasons why uh, there is violent crime occurring in a community like that. But fundamentally, I, I, don't, I don't buy the, the, the lie from critical race theory or wokeness that if you have uh, disparate outcomes, for example, in, in a given community, police stopping people of color more than so-called white people, that's automatically a sign of injustice. It is possible that it would be, uh, but it's also possible that there is real crime in that area. And so there are reasons for doing uh, police traffic stops and that sort of thing. What we need to do, Mondo, is we need to step back from the heat of the conversation and we need to not buy the idea per wokeness that if there are disparities in statistics, we're automatically seeing inequities and injustices. I talk about this in my book. And what we need to do then is, is think about the data rationally and coolly. And we need to hear from an array of sources, including a number of voices in the African-American community or the, the Hispanic community or the Asian-American community who would tell us that um, they actually support uh, increased police presence in a given area. They don't want the police to leave, for example, as was urged in 2020 in numerous cities across America. They want police to go after criminals because they don't want their area uh, to, to be terrorized. There's a broader conversation here to say, but I am one who does not read disparities and automatically conclude that we are seeing injustice. You, you have to have a broader conversation and look at more data. Uh, I think, in order to come to a, a right conclusion there. I appreciate that answer, and I, and I appreciate you answering it from a Christian perspective, but also as a human being perspective. And listen, this is to every brother that is ethnic, like myself, Latino, if you're African-American, Asian-American, Armenian, or, or Lebanese, or even Caucasian, we cannot be bound by the world, our eyes, what we do, our faith, has to go through what the Bible talks about. And I want to tell you something. One of the most important books you can have in your hands right now is Christianity and Wokeness, how the social justice movement is hijacking the gospel and the way to stop it. Dr. Owens really brings it into perspective on how to view everything that is taking place within the church and how the church is handling the, the, this new gospel, this wokeness that is happening in trying to believe, trying to make us believe, should I say this, that we are to be at war with one another. 
Listen, I want you to go get this book right now. I'm going to ask Dr. Owens to stay here for a second part of the program. This is how important. I haven't even got through to all my questions because it's so important to understand what wokeness looks like inside of our church. I got about seven minutes left, Dr. Owens, on this first program, and I got to leave before before we leave. I got to ask you this question because as a church, how do we recognize if our church is part of the woke agenda? That's a great question, too. Uh, man, you got, them, you got them coming there, and we're not even working through the list <laughs> all the way to the end here. Um, fundamentally, if you're hearing a lot of the kind of terms that we've already been discussing, if you're hearing the idea, for example, that the statistics that people cite uh, that have real disparities between the races uh, are evidence of systemic racism, that is a pretty good tell, Mondo, that somebody is bought in pretty far to wokeness. It's not that there never would be stats uh, that show uh, injustice. It, we never would dismiss that out of hand. But fundamentally, if you're, if you're getting that kind of approach, uh, you're hearing from a very CRT-driven perspective. If your pastor is talking about the need to combat systemic racism and systemic injustice and white privilege and these kind of realities, if white people are being challenged to uh, repent of white supremacy in some form, you're hearing wokeness talking from the pulpit, and you're not hearing sound biblical doctrine, and you're going to have to ask hard questions for yourself and for your family. Is this a, a church you can continue to go to? If there, there's going to be a corruption uh, of the biblical message and of especially the gospel message, if it's going to be uh, synthesized with wokeness, then you're going to need to, in my view, try to talk with your pastor and your elders, your leaders in the church, you're going to want to bring these concerns uh, to the fore in a respectful and gracious way. But then if your pastor is going to continue to preach not the true biblical gospel, but a social gospel, uh, a woke gospel that is no gospel at all, then you're going to need to find a new church because life is too short to sit under unsound doctrine. But doctor, how do we pursue justice? How do we get involved with, with you know, I believe this. We need to stop, you know, creating activists and start creating more evangelists out there. The church has stopped producing evangelists, and today we're more in pursuit of creating activism inside of the church more than evangelism. How do we get involved? How do we get to where we can be a part of being, you know, help people and, and, and not lose and compromise what we believe in in pursuit of justice? Well, I think the church is a movement of justice, fundamentally, to stand for the cross, for example, to preach Christ crucified, is to preach the greatest justice event that has ever happened. Uh, you, re you recognize that as you, as you rightly said, evangelize, and as you tell people about the cross of Jesus Christ, you're telling them about really how God has dealt with the greatest injustice there is in the cosmos, our sin, the greatest justice problem uh, in the world, in, in human history, is our sin against a holy God. And the only way that is dealt with is through Christ dying in our place, shedding his blood so that we can be forgiven of all our sins, and then become, as a born-again believer, one who does uh, seek to live in a, in a righteous way in this world. And, and then all you need to do, really, after that, after becoming a born-again believer, is have your eyes open. You're going to see injustice in your community, in your society, in your country. You're going to recognize, for example, that unborn babies are being slaughtered 
uh, by the millions in America, for example. And that's going to open your eyes and you're going to start praying against that and trying to get involved in certain ways, depending on what you can do. And you're going to look around you and you're going to see how uh, the movement of leftism politically is poisoning our country and is training people to buy into the LGBT agenda and, and to compromise religious liberty, for example. And you're going to say, that's not just. Uh, so what happens when you become a born-again believer is your eyes are opened to the sinfulness of the world. And there's not one pathway for any one of us by which we then start fighting injustice, but by being a member of a, a true, sound, biblical church, and then by having our eyes open and opposing injustice anywhere we find it, that is being salt and light in a Matthew 5 sense in a way that richly glorifies our, our God. Listen, the book is called Christianity and Wokeness, How the Social Justice Movement is Hijacking the Gospel and the Way to Stop It. We are living in probably one of the most important times in our current culture right now. And the church ought to be the pulse of what's happening. But what happens when the church starts losing its pulse? We got to get involved. We as a people have been called to preach the whole gospel, not a new gospel, but the gospel that Jesus Christ died for, for us to be here today, to repent of our ways. Listen, I love this scripture right here. And my special guest, uh, Dr. Owens, is going to join me for part two, because this conversation needs to be had. You need to understand what you're going up against. You need to understand what the culture is teaching and now what the pastor is teaching. You got to help the pastors to be accountable with the message and, and, and the agenda that is taking place from the pulpit and be a part of the conversation. You can no longer ignore it. Listen, this is life and death. Spiritually speaking, you heard at the beginning how it's going to affect you spiritually and how this ideology affects your Christian faith. If you're not rooted and grounded in God's word, you're going to be going with everything that is coming to you because the culture wants to make it, you know, popping. It's like we say it on the street. I don't know what other words to use, but listen, I want you to be grounded on God's word. This is what the Bible says, for God so loved the world. Listen, he loved you and I from the beginning, that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The truth will always set you free. The truth will always give you life. I know the gospel will lead you into roads of desperation and, and, and roads of, of frustration and roads that will lead you into feeling suicidal and feeling like you're alone constantly. But the whole gospel gives you life and life abundantly, the Bible says. We got to watch what we say. There's power of life and death in our tongue. Words have power. They have meaning. And I want to tell you something. There's nothing greater than understanding this scripture right here, John 3, 16, that God sent his beloved son to die for you and I for this type of moment so we can be one with God and understand that he loves us, that he's crazy about us. Sure, the world has its own conversations, but something happens when that conversation comes into the church and starts confusing you. Don't be confused. Know the word. Know what the Bible says. Understand what the Bible has to say about what's happening right now in the current culture. God warned us in his word that this will be happening. But now that it's here, what do we do? Where do we go? I know the gospel is being preached. Are you part of it? 
I want you to stay tuned because on my next episode with Dr. Owens, we're going to tackle the subject, is the woke gospel the new religion? And is it, how is it being hijacked? Listen, stay tuned. we got to have this conversation. I want to thank my special guest today. The book is called Christianity and Wokeness. i got to go, but until then, keep the faith. See you next time.